and the other one. Hi guys, we're back live. Sorry about that. Um, There's issues with Google this morning. Um, so we're going to just restart the show here. And uh, we apologize for those of you who, who are watching on the other channel. Hopefully you've come across to this one soon. Yeah. And um, Yeah, Google's giving us as good customer service as United is. Yeah, Google's up there today. Well, Definitely I'll tell you what, if Google gives me that survey asking how it is, I'm going to give it to them. On our good list, yeah. All right, it does look like we're working now. Just making sure that I'm just, we may, they may have to see yeah, here we go. Well, I'll tell you what, if Google gives me that survey. There we go. There you go. So we are live. All right, so we got four people viewing. We'll be back. Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah. Just one of those days here. That's okay. And to you four, we'll give you a dollar each for staying with us. Yes, I know. We're going to, yeah, you guys are good. You guys got back in. I mean, it's like everything, it's funny, everything everything I have on Google is just going crazy. So I thought it was my computer, but maybe not. That's all right, though. All right, so we're going to start again here. Ready? Yeah. All right. Hello, Hockey World again. This is Monday, April 17th, 2017. I think I'm Michael Agello. I, I'm Russ Cohen 2.0. Russ Cohen and I'm Eklund, and there we're off to the races. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings. I'm a little bit shorter today than normal, but we're going to – we got to let Mike get off to Toronto for tonight. Um, I wanted to start with Elise, and, and it was interesting that we went off on this. Um, Russ, you actually said you picked – you think you picked Elise to be swept, and you I were – I think I have, yeah. I think and you're confident was, about you still think they almost got swept? You think, still think they're I going? I do. I think they were just like inches away. I mean, I really do. I mean, look, good for <laughs> them for, for getting a game. I still don't think they're going to win another game. Now, they could. Anything's possible. Listen, if there's one thing we've learned, the NHL playoffs are crazy, and anything is possible. But I think Washington probably looked at that game and said, okay, we got to stop playing around. we got to really take it to them now. I don't know. I mean, I'll let Mike go in a second, but um, I think that I really, I don't, I don't agree with you at all. I actually That's think okay. that you don't have to. I know. I think they're they're closer to being up to nothing in this series. To be honest. No, no. I know, and, and I really feel as if, and I know that people are going to sit there and shake their heads and all that stuff. But you know, the fact of the matter is, the way to beat Washington is what they're doing. They're doing the right. They're doing the right thing to beat Washington, and they have the they have the speed and the skill up front to beat Washington. They don't have the defense to hold off Washington. Yeah, but once you get to overtime, Mac, like they, they can't be playing to get into overtime and hoping that they win in overtime. Like that is not a deal of the Stanley Cup Finals when you're an eight seed against the one and you're the. Yeah, that's not a game plan. I don't think that's Babcock's game plan. I don't, I don't think it's a game plan either. But they got up. They got up in both games. They were up in both games. They got you know they held. Oh, they that's held. a game plan. I agree with that. Right. They held them longer than than the Capitals did in the first two games. I right. just think, you know, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, now I'm not going to say they're going to win the series, but I think they're I think they're in this series more than, and I think that they're really in the series. Like, and I think that what happens tonight, of course, will be the telling game because you come back to game three, game three, five, and you know they always say game three and five are the big games. So it'll be very telling. Now, if they come out tonight, and you know, this is the one thing I'll say. I think Babcock's out coaching. Barry Trotz, and I like Barry Trotz a lot as a coach. I think he's out coaching him, and I think when he's when you get down to it now, Babcock now has the ability to to, to, to line match, which will be enormous, and will be able to give him the ability to get Austin Matthews more more free because they've done so far without a lot of Matthews. That's that's sort of what I wrote wrote today, but I, I'm going to take a I'm going to take a middle ground here. Are they more in the series than people thought? Yes. Are they still going to lose in five? Probably. I mean, I think five, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's that was my prediction. Capitals in five. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is, I mean, you can't underestimate Babcock and his ability to match lines. But when you, you know, now you are, you're probably bringing back Nikita Zaitsev, which they are today. They are bringing probably, back. probably quicker than they want to because they have to because Roman Polak is out for the season. Right. You put you put Martin Marinson out on the ice. You are guaranteeing the Capitals a good scoring chance. The guy is. Terrific. He cost them game one. He took a penalty in the second period in game two that led to the power play goal that tied him. Uh, for some reason, Babcock played him more minutes than Connor Carrick. I don't understand why. He apparently has more confidence in Marinson in the, in the defensive yeah. zone. But really, the reason the Leafs won is because unlike game one, their fourth line produced and beat up the Capitals' fourth line, but right now the Capitals' top lines are not scoring. They have, they've scored 
uh, three goals on the power play. They're not scoring enough five on five. And Toronto's special teams have been, I think, close to abysmal. They're, they've scored. They've scored one power play goal, and they've given up three power play goals. So we've been close to abysmal, and yet here we are. Well, but it's because of Freddie Anderson, Eck. It's because right. Freddie Anderson is playing great. I mean, Freddie Anderson, I could argue, you know, cost them game one. With that, I mean, in, yeah, in, that's no. I, I mean, that, I'm not saying he didn't make some great saves before that, but that was a terrible goal in overtime. All right, and and you a, know, he made some great you, you can't let any of those in. And, and the bottom line is, he's you know, they're as good as he's gonna. I mean, he's got to carry them because he is their defense. They don't have any defenders. To, to I mean, they have some defense, and that's obviously where this team's at. Right, this team is not a stalwart on defense yet. I mean, the difference between them and the Oilers right now, you know, when you look at the two teams that I always always put together, these two young teams, eventually I feel like I'm going to be covering Stanley Cup Finals, traveling back and forth between Edmonton and Toronto. You know, when you look at them, um, to me, you know, what's his name? Um, Chris, uh, the defenseman on the Oilers who's blocking all these shots. Who? Oh, man. Why Chris, Russell. Russell. Chris Russell. Chris Russell. Thank you. Chris Russell is the difference between those two teams right now. I mean, you know, Chris Russell, they, they – and when I, when I look forward with the Leafs, I see, you know, Russell, players like Russell could, are easy to get, you know, and not, not, not that he's, not that he's, I mean, he, Russell was available for a long time, not that he hasn't played incredible in Edmonton, but this is what you can do if you're Toronto moving forward. So but the kind of players that they have that you can't get, I mean, they added Kapanen all of a sudden, you know, who, okay. The, who is now like the, one of their leading scorers and just yeah, killed him. Right place, right time. It's not like. He's dominating. He's not dominating. He's right place, right time, playing well. Here's the thing, Eck. TJ Oshie has to shoot more than once in a game. Kuznetsov has to shoot more than four times. It's not like the, it's not like the Leafs are preventing these shots. Right. It's the system that Barry Trotz runs that's preventing these guys from being more offensive than they are. Now, Ovechkin got nine shots, and he did get a goal. I don't care if Ovechkin, if, if I'm the coach, shoots 15 times. I want TJ right. Oshie to shoot 10 times. I don't want these guys to play it safe. When you play it safe against a team that's less talented than you, like the Leafs, you get these kinds of results. Yeah. Right now they're playing with fire. They are playing with fire. I agree with that. If you continue to play with fire tonight, and Toronto gets any confidence tonight with another win, then then it really gets interesting because this Capitals team has so much to lose and this Toronto team has nothing to lose. And right. and that's and that's the reason why there's probably more of a chance because the pressure as Babcock has called it the pucker factor is something that you know is going to factor into the series in regards to Washington having to live up to the expectations of being the President's Trophy winner and putting this team away quickly and the Leafs are playing with house money so but but the, but the problem is their defense is thin and you know you're using that Edmonton Toronto comparative the Leafs don't have a cleft bomb. The Leafs don't have an Adam Larson. They have Morgan Riley, who's a very good young defenseman, offensive-minded. They have Zaitsev, who's a, who's a rookie, but it has experience. Jake Gardner played 40 minutes. Nobody in, nobody in their right mind in, a, in any playoff situation, unless they absolutely have to, is playing Jake Gardner 40 minutes. So that's yeah. that's that's what's you know desperation in terms of Babcock. He's forced to do that. If next year they go out and they acquire Carl Alsner or trade for a defenseman, you're not going to see Jake Gardner playing anywhere close to those minutes. No, of course not. But the experience he's getting right now playing those minutes is enormous for his. He's career. 26 years old, Eck. If he doesn't have the experience now, he, you know he's, yeah. never, he's never been in the playoffs before. You know, I mean, they've been right. in the playoffs one time. So I mean, this is he doesn't have that experience. It's not his fault. You know. I mean, he's been with the one team the entire time, right? So, I mean, you're looking at the whole – I mean, Don't give out cowbells. Please don't give out cowbells. What yeah. a bad idea that was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we, we, we had two social media phenomena on, on Saturday, the, the stupid cowbells in Washington and the guy who's been named Dart Guy because it's a, a Maple, Maple Leaf fan who's got a mohawk shaped of a Stanley Cup with his face painted and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's being made into a social media celebrity and being given free tickets to the game tonight. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, this is the playoffs. That's what it's all about. You know, it's just it's, for some reason they, these things happen every playoff year. You always have something crazy happening. Something. He looked like, like Krusty the Clown with a Leafs jersey on. That's what he looked like. I know, I know. But you're sorry, just seeing crazy playoff things. Like I'm looking, look at Gwensel, You know, in 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 Pittsburgh. You know, the hat trick. There's crazy stuff happening already. And only okay, but the Gunsel thing is is explainable. Here, I looked up my notes on Gunsel, who I always thought was a good player. He had 21 goals in Scranton. He had 19 goals. And his, at, 
at University of Nebraska Omaha as his high. He never played with Sidney Crosby. When you play with Sidney Crosby, right. you have decent ability, which he's always had. You get crazy results. And yeah. this is if anybody can look past the hate of Sidney Crosby, you have to notice the greatness because he has been doing this his whole career, making players better. That's what he does. Oh yeah, no, and that's that's the truth. I mean, that's that's the reality of Crosby. And if Mike would have listened to me in his stupid hockey pool, Brian Rust has three goals. I told him to take Brian Rust. He didn't do it. I hope he scores <laughs> ten goals. <laughs> well, I didn't pick any Penguins because I don't think the Penguins are going to go far this year. Well, they're um, going past the first round. They're going past the first round, and I really, I mean, I have to, I have to say that you know, I'm really dumbfounded by. The complete lack of show up by by the by the Blue Jackets. Now they did show up yesterday. They scored three goals in the first period. It didn't last. I mean, they you know they've played really good defensive hockey all year, and they cannot stop the Penguins. They you know they really they and they, and they haven't really been physical with them, with the exception of Matt Calvert breaking a stick over Kunakel's neck. I mean, they, I didn't. I didn't think that they've stepped up the physical game the way I expected them to, and they're just letting Pittsburgh, let you know, giving them off, giving them offensive opportunities, and it's really a shame because I, I think that Columbus could have made this a series, but this is going to go four there or five. Were, there now. were two big factors. We still don't know if Bob is a prime time playoff goalie. We still don't know that. And the second factor is, and this was fascinating. I, I give Jeremy Roenick a lot of credit for this. You know, Zach Wierenski gets hit in the eye, goes under his. Under his um, visor, his eye blows up. He goes in the locker room, gets it stitched. He comes out, but his eye blew up to the point where he couldn't see in overtime, so he doesn't get to play in overtime, which is obviously a factor. Jeremy Roenick said something which, A, makes him a badass, but all hockey guys badasses. And basically that was, he said after he got stitched, he actually before he got stitched, he said, I wonder if he got shot up with Novocaine, because if you do, it tends to blow up the area. He said in the old days – what we would do is just put ice on it, let him stitch us up, and we'd get back in the game, and it would never blow up like that. I would be in the hospital if you just put ice on me and tried to stitch me up like that. Wierenski's putting a selfie on the yeah. internet. It was just just hats off to these guys. But, but Ronick really and noticed something. He did. And 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 ironically, like on on social media, on Twitter, uh, Matthew Kachuk, who he, he knows from the U.S. developmental program, just typed a one-word reply: "Legend." <laughs> just, yeah. just but he didn't play in overtime, and that was a definite factor. Yeah, his eye closed up. So, yeah. well, it could have been. You could have been the that year, like you said. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. that that it, I yeah. I mean, you know, he's out the remainder of the series though. Now you know, so that's kind of crazy. Well, that's one game or two at the most right now. The way it's going, let's let's just re re say what we were talking. Yeah, let's just re talk about about what or talk again, Russ, briefly on the Rangers and Canadians. Yeah, because it's just more fun to talk about it a second time. No, I, I know, but we're we're gonna we're going to hide the hide that other part of the show, so okay. we can't meld them together. I I I just. I'm surprised. I thought the Rangers were, you know, I thought the Rangers had an advantage in this series. They had the lead in game two. I think they had that game, and then they let Placanet score that goal with less than a minute to, to go in regulation, winning an overtime on the Radulov goal. And then yesterday, Russ, I don't think they showed up. I don't think the Rangers showed up at all. Yeah, I, I think, you know, look, they, they got Klein in there. That's fine. That helped a little bit. Elaine Vigneault has been very stubborn in the way he runs this team. Most of the time, it runs the same way all the time. They become very predictable. They didn't have a lot of fire. They they become predictable to the point where Claude Julian has really just pushed a few buttons, and yeah. because Vigneault doesn't adjust, really makes the Rangers look bad. Like basically, Galchenyuk finally was playing the way you'd like to see Galchenyuk play, controlling the play, controlling the puck, being a factor. But I saw timidness out of the Rangers. I saw no confidence. I saw Rick Nash have a chance at a open an open slot to get in on a shorthanded opportunity. He circled around center ice. He waited for the puck to get chipped in. Then he went to go and take a shorthanded opportunity. Little things like that have taken away any edge the Rangers had offensively. And, and Matt Zuccarello just got reckless in that game. And I think that's out of frustration. And Henrik Lundqvist is frustrated. He's not giving up goals because he's frustrated. But you could tell he is not happy 
with the guys in front of them and the way things are going down. And the Rangers can't win at the Garden Neck, and that is the biggest factor that I said before the series began. In, a row. Um, in the, the regular, playoffs, it's, it's in the regular season. It's more than that. In the playoffs, and yeah, but you know, playoffs. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah. You can't you gotta win at home in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. it does remind me. We've covered these two before, you know, in two different situations, playing against each other. Um, I mean, that that that, that Boston Vancouver series, you know, where you saw Julian against Vigneau. Mm-hmm. Was he the most outcoached I've ever seen a guy? Like I really felt yeah. like Julian schooled him in that series. Yeah, he's doing it again. He's doing it again, and I think he's inside Vigneault's head. Like, and and that you know what's fascinating about the Stanley Cup Finals is you really get more time with the coaches than you do in other yeah. situations. You get to see them; they do press conferences twice a day. You get to really talk to them, and you really saw in that series that Julian had you know was was pulling strings, and and you know was Vigneault's way of approaching that was as if I'm, I'm not going to bite into that. You know, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to change anything because of what he's doing. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to change what you're doing because of what the other team's doing. Well, and I think that's what's happening with Montreal, with uh, Rangers right now is they're not adjusting to what Montreal's doing. Well, no, let me, and just briefly here, Russ, if, if they, if the Rangers do go down in this series, they lose in five or six, what's going to happen? I mean, is Vigneault going to get fired? I mean, is there going to be anything? Fired, but he'll be on a short lease next year because uh, Jeff Gordon, didn't hire Elaine Vigneault. He's the new GM. He probably has an idea of who he'd like to hire if yeah. for some reason things didn't work out. So I think he'd be on a short leash now because I think ownership would still want to give Vigneault a chance next year. But the problem is it's it's 50-50 between Vigneault and the players why it's their fault. But, again, the defensive pairings could definitely be better. Now, they only have so many guys that they could use, and I get that. And that's part of, you know, what what the GM has set up for the coach. So it's not all on Bigneault. Offensively, though, it is. And the way they're operating. And we knew that Claude Julien would play puck possession hockey. And they did. They were they, they had the puck way more than the Rangers did for key scoring chances. The Rangers' speed is gone. It's still there. Players have it. But they're not utilizing it anymore because they're getting so frustrated out there with guys like Ott and Shaw. And these are things that I did bring up pre-series that why Montreal was getting ready for the Rangers. Those guys are outthinking them now. They're they're frustrating them. And so how many breakaways now are we seeing from Grabner? One? One a game? He usually gets three a game. Chris Kreider, non-factor, really a non-factor. Yeah. Uh, you know, Zuccarello now, like I said, he became unhinged in that game. He can't do that. But again, he can't do it all himself. Derek Stepan never seems to get the short end of the bench. Never, ever, ever. It's like he's an untouchable with that, and he's getting schooled on faceoffs, just getting killed. Zabanajad, they sit him down from like the second period, middle of the second, for all the third. Well, not all the third, most of the third. And then when Vigneault pulls the goalie early, he puts Zabanajad back out there. And it's oh. just like these kinds of things make you wonder what is going on as far as the philosophy and – I'll tell you, Buchnevich is sitting in the bench, right? Very talented player. Even Brandon Peary, like, I'm not going to make a big case for Brandon Peary, but the Rangers' power play sucks. And if your power play sucks, the one guy who could help your power play is Brandon Peary. Every time he's on the power play, he's a factor. He gets shots on goal. He lives off the power play. He's yeah. not even playing because Tanner Glass has to play because the Rangers feel like they have to man up to everything Montreal does. At this point – the Rangers need to play the exact opposite of what Montreal does. If they don't, they will lose. And they yeah. will lose no, in I mean, five or six. They have to dictate it. They have to dictate the game. And yeah. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't be dictating the game against Montreal. But No, there isn't. But it, it comes down, I think it's coming down to, like like we talked about before, with really good goaltending, you need you need your skilled players to show up. That's that's the bottom line. You need you need snipers to score goals. What you're seeing out of – I mean, the difference in this series right now is Radulov in a lot of ways. I mean, Oh, he's the big factor. You know, if Radulov's not in Montreal, Montreal doesn't have the skill to, to score on Lundqvist. This is a totally different series right now. Yeah. Um, but Radulov, I mean, scores these incredibly – yes, the goalie score yesterday was phenomenal. I mean, just an absolute – that was – that was, was, but Like I was saying earlier, wouldn't you, if you're on defense, trying to rail that, trip him, do something, get in his yeah. way? You saw what was coming. Everybody saw what was coming. They were sort of bystanders. Was it a great play? Absolutely. But nobody tried to blow it up. That was the odd part to me. Blowing it up though is it was he was like one on two or one on three to start with, and one on two essentially. And you know usually you know usually you won't try you won't take a penalty if you're if you've got 
two guys or three guys. I think what happened is they almost had too much coverage. Like if it was one guy there. No, and I think I think there's something to that. But it was non-physical coverage. That's my point. No, it was not physical well, coverage. They got to hit. I mean, you got to hit Montreal. And the well, Bob, they're not hitting Montreal. I mean, Ott is totally inside, you know, oh, yeah. inside their head, which is crazy. I mean, that's like. No. And I, I, I said it sort of jokingly, and then we can move on to the other, the last series in the East before we go west. Um, honestly, if Chris Kreider is going to be a no-show, do, do something meaningful. Run Carey Price again, because honestly, if you don't do that, you're, I don't even know you exist. Well, I mean, you're right. You're right. Sorry. You I was going to just, Mike, you know what I was going to say? We talked about this the other day, but Eck didn't. Eck, when's the last time you saw a guy not have enough sticks on the bench? And a team have to call a timeout because they couldn't find a yeah. stick, and I guess he wouldn't use anybody else's stick. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, Stupid things like that are costing the Ranger. I mean, it's not about running Gary Price or anything like that. I mean, they've got. No, a, I'm, 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 I'm being facetious, but know, what, yeah. what like, I'm saying is, make a difference. Yeah, the difference has to be. I mean, he's too talented a player. He's got. He's got to do something, you know, real. And and they and they just have to outwork him. I mean. The, yeah. Yesterday, Columbus, the first five minutes, they just they showed what you have to do. They outworked the Penguins like crazy, um, but they ran out of steam. You, know, you can only you can only keep that level up for such a long time. The Penguins are showing what they're about, which is why I think they're really they're a force again. Because previous Penguins teams would have folded after that beginning of that game last night, and yet you know this team doesn't. They, you know they 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 fall down three one, and they I mean they fall down one nothing right away instantly, and then they get get a goal right back. They fall down three one, they get a goal right back. Um, and you know that's the Penguins team is really good. I mean that this Penguins team is a force, and they're not even doing it with their top goalie right now. So that's like to me that's an, they're 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 a force still to be reckoned with. Um, no, we have Game Three, Boston, Ottawa tonight, and to me that you know, I, I, when we talked about the opening of this series, we said it was sort of the the shorthanded defense of Boston versus the shorthanded defense of Ottawa. Carlson's look pretty good. I mean, I thought he would would be a little injured or a little less effective with the injury that he had, but he's played well. Yeah. But Russ, they were lucky, Ottawa, to, to split at home. I mean, the Brewers, yeah. They were lucky. Um, Carlson looked really good to me. I think we can't overemphasize enough how well Dion Phaneuf is playing in the role he's in, not just because he scored that goal. He's been playing really good hockey like making me remember how good Dion Phaneuf used to be because we all kind of forgot because he just got pigeonholed in Toronto after a while, and he really has played a great role for them and has really been good. Uh, Anderson, he's been really good. I mean, he has been, but we haven't been able to talk about enough about him because, you know, they were on the losing side of it. They, you know, Boston, Boston's got some issues in the sense that they, they played Chara too much. You know, Ty posted something on Twitter where he said, how could Chara make that play? It's such a dumb play. And I wrote fatigue. He, they, he was out there for the power play. He was out there for the PK. He was out there five on five. He was out there too much. He was. Now, Brandon Carlos skated yesterday. Not sure if he's going to come back or not. They did make an emergency recall from Providence. They called up Grilchik. So, you know, I don't know what what that means in terms of uh, who's going to play. But if you're if you're calling Grizzlick, up guys, by the way, sorry, Grizzlick. I'm sorry, Grizzlick. I, yeah, I, always, yeah. I always butcher his name. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. This series reminds me of that um, Vancouver Calgary series from two years ago. You know, where you had like it was the first round. You know, I think was it Vancouver won the series or. I think Vancouver won it, went to the second round and got destroyed. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it, these are two teams that this is this is the result of the two versus three thing, you know, and yep. this, these are two teams that really shouldn't be playing each other. Um, yeah, and, and Boston looks better because they have more experience. I'll tell you what, though, I was driving around on on the, in the afternoon on Sunday listening, Saturday, yeah, Sunday, right? Saturday, Saturday, Saturday afternoon listening to this game a little bit on the radio. Um, and I was listening to the Ottawa Senators announcers, and there cannot be a more negative group of announcers than the Ottawa Senators announcers. Really? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Listening to that game, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm just, guys, you're in the playoffs. I mean, just relax for a second. You know, I mean, yes, you lost the first game, and yes, you know, because they talk about every power play they took, they gave a power play right back to Boston, and then they scored that great goal where you know Clark McArthur gets the great goal, and then they give up a goal right away. Again, well, I mean, it, it depended on when you were listening. Act if they were, if they were, if it was late in the second period when they gave up two goals in like a minute and a half, and they were down three to one, they had a rate a reason to be. Uh, early in the game, no, but I think Eck makes a point. I've been in Ottawa more than a few times, and I think expectations grow exponentially there. Like when you when you had the kind of year they did, and then you know you got the seeding they did, and and 
we don't think that they were as good as that seeding, even though I didn't think they were even a playoff team, but they proved it to me. They're definitely a playoff team. That playoff team got to be realistic, though. And you got yeah, you know, you're like playing against a pretty good experienced team in Boston. You played a pretty good game in the first game. Not a great yeah. game, but you played an okay game. Now, I was listening in the first period when it was they were down one nothing. I heard the, I heard MacArthur's goal, yeah. um, and then they got really excited about that. It was like that goal was as if, you know, the world was going to end if he didn't score. So if they didn't score on that power play, I mean, they they, so they got the goal, which is great. But then they give it back with a bad goal, bad giveaway, a shorthanded goal right after that. Um, and it was just, but it was really, I mean, it was dark. And um, you know, I mean, I think that that is a team that is struggling, but they are, and they're not, you know, they're not a they're not a powerhouse team, and they're not going past this round if they get past this round even. No. But well, yeah, I mean, Montreal or, or the Rangers will take either either one of those two teams out, I think. So it's just a matter of how you know how this plays out. But yeah, that was crazy. I want to talk. I want to I do want to talk about um, Chicago and Nashville too, because I think that that's the one. Boy, that's just unbelievable. You could tell me that if you would have said this is going to happen, I would have ripped you apart. Like oh, I know, and I didn't think it was going to happen. I did think they would battle him, but I didn't think it was going to. And I, I, I this is this isn't know, over. It is. It's not over. It's not they, over. But it's a bad start. But there it's are different. There are differences this time around, and because I, I followed this before, you know, and I followed this team. And I remember that a couple years ago, same exact thing happened, right? They were in the playoffs against Predators, were in the playoffs against the Blackhawks, won the first two games at home. You know, everything was, you know, what it was. But there's the difference with, and I wrote an article about it yesterday. And the interesting stat was, you know, what's different between this team, you know, in the honor of Passover? What's so different on this night between the other teams, right? So here you go. Um, but yes, I mean the 2017 Blackhawks, like we talked about, they were. You know, they have this average when you look at the power play, penalty kill, and goaltending of 18. That puts them at 15th of 16 teams in the playoffs. I mean, so that despite the fact, now when you go back to their 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 Stanley Cup years, they were 8, 7, and 10. So they're right. Those aren't great numbers because not like the Capitals who are four this year, but those are good numbers. And the, the fact that your penalty, that their penalty kill, which has been third, fourth, and second, the three years they won Stanley Cups, is 24th this year. That's a difference. I mean, this is a different. This is a different team. This is a very different Blackhawks team. They're not together for whatever reason. They're not playing as a team. I, I'm just wondering whether Joel Quenville will do what he did a few years ago when they fell behind two nothing to Nashville. They put Scott Darling in goal. Yeah, and yeah. that and that and and you know Crawford did give up five goals. They haven't scored a goal in that series. I mean, I, I, I would be dumbfounded if this team gets if, – if Chicago gets swept or if – you know, if I mean, anything's possible. Nashville could win game three, and if they win game three, then they then, then they have a chokehold on the series. But I, I just find it hard to believe that guys like Taves and Kane and Seabrook and Keith are going to just fold up. So I, 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 I think they're definitely behind the eight ball. They, I'm sure they would have rather split or win the first two. But – of any team that's down two nothing, the, the Blackhawks have the best chance to come back. And win Here's what's hurting them defensively. I think they have enough guys. I think offensively, they have inexperienced guys. Yes, Nick Schmaltz, panic I, for them. Yes, Hero, Hartman, Hinnestroza. Like this is the weakest lineup. And and trust me, some of these players are going to be terrific players down the line. But they don't have a lot of playoff experience. So right now, as far as playoff experience, this is the weakest roster they've ever run with. Yeah, everything, every every. Sorry, every everything is on the top two lines, Ross. Yeah, everything. The thing about those guys is that they are young players who aren't great defensively yet, and so what these the forwards. I think I think their problem is their forwards are not great defensively. Like I, in the past, they've had guys they could throw in there, you know. Before you know, Patrick Sharp, for what it's worth, is a good two way player. You know, he's a good solid two way player. They needed they need solid two way players. I mean, obviously, Jonathan Taze is a great two way player, but you know, and Hosa is a great two-way player, um, but not as good as he used to be. Like Hosa definitely cheats more towards the offense now. Um, but but, yeah, but you know, but here's one thing, and this is where I have to give Laviola credit. He is playing youngsters. Fiala got a goal. I'm happy to see Fiala finally sticking a little bit. Now, here was the one thing: the happiest thing that I've seen in this playoffs, and and I almost yelled it in my house is I didn't even know Harry Zolnicek was on the Predators. What <laughs> is it with what is it with Laviolette and Zolnicek? Zolnicek, we haven't seen. I haven't seen him or noticed him since the Philly days, and he comes in and he scores his first playoff goal, and I'm like, he's still <laughs> pro hockey. His nickname is the Tanner Glass of Nashville. Laviolette, I will tell you, Laviolette is a good coach to go against the Blackhawks. Like he is the way he plays, the, the style he plays, and the kind of way. I mean, remember the Flyers in that series against the Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup Finals. 
were they went this it went overtime game six and to be honest that flyers team is the team that made the playoffs on a shootout at the end of the season right so that 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 hawks team was way better than that flyers team so for it to yeah. go over to overtime in game six of that playoffs was an accomplishment and a half it play. was it was the fact that this is at Laviolette. Laviolette does know he has a lot of experience playing against Chicago. And That's true. Doing exactly what he said he did years ago, which is like and what I said. Henry Solnichek. Did you even know he was in the league at Tokyo? No, I would have thought he was playing in the KHL or the Swiss. Yeah. I would not have thought he was in the league at all. Now, that's crazy. And, I mean, Nashville's not, you know, it's funny because on this, on, when I want to talk about these numbers, that where Chicago's 15th of the 16 teams in the playoffs, Nashville's 13th. You know, like Nashville's not exactly – killing it with power plays, penalty kills, or goaltending either. But right now, obviously, they're getting goaltending. But the fact of the matter is, usually in games like this, you would if you weren't watching the games, you would sit back and say, oh, I bet, I bet he's stopping like 40 shots a game. He's not. Like, Chicago's taking like 30 shots a game. Yeah. And the crazy, so the crazy thing is, it's the, and the shots or totals have been close between the Predators and, and the Blackhawks in the first two games. This is not you know, and Ryan Ellis is finally the offensive factor. I thought he would be at the NHL yeah. level. It took him a little longer. He had Shea Weber in his path. He had to get a little stronger because he's a smaller guy. But, man, you can see now that he is all that. Well, the, and the defense, and this is why, and it, yeah. a lot of people rip on me because, and it, it was because I was talking about what's wrong with Chicago and not saying what's right with the, with the Predators. And I'm not trying to say that, that and the Predators have, like, they have, they might have the one of the top two defenses in the playoffs. I mean, they, they, there's no question about no one doubts that at all, but this is a one versus eight seed again, you know, and this, we were doubting Rennie a little bit though. Like, is he and for good reason, I mean, Rennie has not, he, I mean, last year in the playoffs, he did, I, he really did play well in that Anaheim series. He did win that series for them, but he had his worst regular season in more than a few years. And I think his save yeah. percentage was like nine Oh four, nine Oh five, which is not good. I mean, it's below average in the league he's now. So. Goalie, right. So he's, he's consistently throughout his career been a streaky goalie. He gets streaky at the right times. Yeah. He can be really tough to play against. Like Chicago right now is going to be doubting themselves big time because you're, until you score on Pekka Rene, it's it's like you know you're trying to put a beach ball past them. It's not, it's not, it's not easy to do. Now um, well, let's talk about two series that we can talk about pretty quickly because one is three zero, the other one is two zero. Um, I, I completely saw this with Anaheim and Calgary. The numbers. You know, uh, Calgary not winning 22, 23 games in a row in Anaheim. There's a mental block there with that young, with that team. And Anaheim has always dominated them. And, Russ, the thing I'm surprised at is without Fowler and without Votten, and Votten didn't play, really Anaheim hasn't had any problems. No, but, I, you know, I, we talked about that. I didn't expect them to. Fowler's a big gun, but they do have, I mean, they do have the deepest young defense court and hockey like the, as far as the guys they've been drafting you know the last time the ducks lost in regulation this year march 10th wow i mean they they so you're looking at you know a week and seven days like five it's been five weeks since the ducks have lost the game in regulation i mean they are just playing really really good hockey right now and the and these games there's been close games i mean i, I yes. give calgary credit i mean these are not blowouts yeah. I, it's not like they you ever thought they were going to win either game because you know the way you watched it but they were one goal games. I mean, yeah, I think this will finally push Gibson over the top confidence wise too, because he's really played well. I know you've been a little bit of a detractor, not a huge one, but a little bit. And, yeah, and I've seen him make some spectacular saves in this series. No, he has. I mean, and he, he's capable of that for sure. Hundred percent sold yet that he is the guy. You know, like he's the Lundqvist or a Price or anything like that. Like I think he's, I think yeah. he's in that category below that. Um, now, now the other, the other series that we can go through quickly. Um, I mean, uh, more than a few people thought that the Wilds' uh, downturn after March the 1st was basically them, you know, not having anything to play for and that I they would – Yeah, same with, same with me, and that they would turn it on in the playoffs. And, Russ, I mean, I know early in that series it was Jake Allen standing on his head because Minnesota, you know, buzzed around the net in game one. But as the series has gone along, the Blues are taking over the series, a series and the Wild are just getting more and more frustrated. And I think Dubik, Dubnik is not playing up to snuff. He's not playing up to snuff. He's not playing horrible. You know who's really slowed down? The Minnesota defense. They, they, they look like they're old and tired and – and the big guns on their defense are almost non-existent, and it seems to be affecting the whole team because that's a team that definitely needs that blue line push. They have decent offensive players, a little better than used, they used to, but they do need that, and they're not getting anything. They're, I mean, not, they're, they're not. They're not. They're, they're really not getting any sustained pressure at times. 
when they want to, in that first game, they showed that they can completely dominate. Like they can, yeah. They, it's but it's similar to you know Columbus. They have to work their tails off to do that. Yes. It's, it's tough in the playoffs because you know if you're a team like that, you have to be able to win. You know sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you're down. You just have to purely outwork the other team, and 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 you know you can get a couple goals that way and win a game. But eventually, the skill you have to be skilled as well. Like you can't just outwork them. Um, and the fact is, you know. Because you outwork and outwork and outwork like Columbus did in game two, at times, and that didn't in game one and didn't and didn't get any result from it, then you're really frustrated because you're not going to you have to get results now. You know, the Wild didn't get any results in game one until the very end. You know, on Parise's goal, which was fortunate. Yeah, they got that goal. Dick Allen is doing everything, and and he is he is definitely one of those guys. I expected you know, I expected Allen to not be this good. Um, I've never been a Jake Allen person either. But you know he's he's shown right now that you know when he's big like he's playing big he's, he's yeah big. he can be really really good. Boudreaux's um, not living up to what whatever his reputation is anymore. He's not living up to it in the playoffs. Like he no, he's starting to lose it in sense. Like he's yeah. starting to really get. You know I agree with you there, and and you know Boudreaux can you know ha can snap. Um, you know and you can tell he's starting to snap. I I I have a weird feeling on this series though that it still could go six games. Like I, I, I don't think this game series is quite over, over. But we haven't seen Minnesota's best game. That's that's the only thing I could say for them. Right. Yeah, we haven't. I mean, if, if I was to say, you know, I mean, you know, you got a couple two nothing games. I don't think Anaheim's going to lose. I don't think, you know, I don't think the Penguins are going to lose at all. I, I don't. I, I think the Penguins will, you know, at the most, Columbus will win one game in that series still. But that would be the most, you know. I think, I think St. Louis could win. I think Minnesota could win two. If you win two, you know, then it gets it could get hairy for for St. Louis still. So that that's. That's the one I think, I, and I do think Chicago's still in it too. Like I don't, I do agree with you, you on that, Mike. Like this is Chicago, and, and I think that she, I don't think three nothing is 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 a safe lead on Chicago. Like if they get up three nothing against Nashville, that's not safe. You have to put Chicago away. I mean, the best the, what you what I've always felt about the best teams in the playoffs, like Chicago and LA, have been, is the difference between them and everybody else is is they're impossible to beat that fourth game. You know, like that's that's where it's just so difficult. Like, you know, we saw LA come back from three nothing against San Jose. That wasn't a it wasn't a, you know, a freak thing. This is not a you know the, the um the Hawks have come down come back from three one before. Yeah. I, they you know this is it's not there's no you know the only problem with that you know the problem with, with, with going in the hole like this like Minnesota's done or like Chicago's done is is that you, you don't give yourself any room for that one stupid game. You know, that's like it's going right. to happen, and There's that no. you know, or some bad call is going to go against you, or something that is going to happen that you can't. You don't, you don't give yourself any room for that by losing these early games. That's that's where you have to. That's where you really have to worry. I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they changed Crawford. Last time they changed Crawford, it was legitimate because the Predators were scoring on Crawford like crazy. They were jumping out to like three nothing leads against Crawford when they changed it. Well, they, they did. They did score five against him, so that's why yeah. I thought that there might be a, there might be. You know, it's possible, and it's possible that they would do that again. I mean, no. if Chicago goes down, it definitely I think that definitely puts Crawford in an interesting situation going into the summer, you know, where people have said that Kevin Allen said he talked to the Chicago and that Crawford's their their guy, you know, that they're gonna keep Crawford and Darling's gonna go. I, I'm not convinced that this goes the way it goes, you know, that something will will be a problem, you know. Like I I, I think that Crawford if Crawford doesn't win this series or loses the series in a relatively short period of time. You know what's to keep Chicago from continuing with Crawford? I don't. That 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 would be interesting. To 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 go along to go along the lines of Harry Zolnerchuk, of uh, Tanner Glass, of Tom Wilson, and Caspery Kapanen. What about Zach Cassian in Edmonton right now? Because right. I mean, I mean, it's not Connor McDavid. It's Zach Cassian. It's Zach, it's Zach Cassian, which is the the most surprising thing. I mean, you know, not that. McDavid's been completely ineffective. He hasn't wow. been, but 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 you know you don't expect Zach Cassian to score game-winning, series-changing goals. Yes. And, and well, you know, he, in juniors he could score a lot of goals, and yes. and he definitely took over a certain role in the NHL. He did have that brief moment when he played with the Sabines in Vancouver, where he did show off his skill and did score a lot of good goals, and then that sort of went by the wayside because of the way he plays. And now it seems like that's back, and we're just not used to it. It's a great find for for Edmonton, that's for sure, because it's curing a lot of their other ills. And I, you know, what? I think it's great. I mean, look, one nothing game. Sharks have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Thornton's back now. Like they, if, if that series goes to seven, it favors the Sharks. If it goes to six, it favors the Sharks because 
the Sharks had the experience. I know the youth can sometimes win out. I don't think the Sharks are worried at all, though. Yeah. It's an interesting thing before we get out of here. I saw this NHL playoff odds, um, and someone's doing this. I it was really, it's, you know, I'm not really, I don't know. How this works is always is always interesting, but it basically has to do with, you know, who has the best chance to win the Stanley Cup now based on what's happened in the first couple of games, and that's always hard to do. But I guess it's based on what could happen down the line um, with, um, you know, right now, and it's funny, right now, Boston actually has the easiest path, right, to the Stanley Cup, according to them. Now, that's, that's you know, I can see that as, as being the case because, you know, if they get past Ottawa, then you, you have to you could play Montreal, you could play the Rangers, and then you could end up playing a beat-up team out in the wet, you know, in, in either Washington or Pittsburgh, whoever gets there. But um, I don't know. I, so would, the last thing I want to ask you guys before we get out of here is this. I asked, I asked readers this, and I got a lot of really interesting answers. If you could change any one of your predictions – from the beginning of the, from beginning to now, would you, you know, would you change, like, as far as a team winning versus team losing? We've talked about Nashville maybe, but what do you think, what do you think, what, what's the one that you would change right now? Well, uh, obviously for me, for me, it would be, it would be Columbus and Pittsburgh. I picked Columbus right. in seven, thinking that right. they were, they were going to play physically and try to, you know, match up Dubinsky against Crosby, and none of that has happened. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're up, they're down three nothing. So, I mean, obviously that's the one I think I'd change. Yeah, for me, it would be Minnesota. I picked Minnesota in seven, I believe. And they may yeah. not even make it to seven. So, yeah. like, that couldn't be more wrong. And so, yeah. yeah that, you I know. Minnesota in seven as well. I mean, I had I had Calgary in six. I mean, I still believe in that one. But, um, you know, it's going to take a lot for Calgary to get that done in six. Um, but, uh, you know, but talking about, you know, the, talking about the coming from coming from three nothing down and the psychology of it has always been fascinating to me. Well, we've seen it happen, though, Eck, right? We yeah, saw it live. Yeah, and I think that what is honestly the tr what, honestly the case is, I believe that it's easier for a team who doesn't have home ice advantage to come back from three nothing. This has always been my theory, and I, I just follow this through. I don't know why. I just because three nothing is all the NHL playoffs are all about the um, the shifting of pressure. So that means I believe it's easier for, for Columbus to come back, but I, I don't think they will. But I think it, you know because game four is is okay. The team that's winning game four doesn't care. You know, I mean if if if, if they lose game four, Pittsburgh loses game four, St. Louis loses game four, you go back, game five is then comes the key. And when you think about the teams that have lost three nothing leads, game five is where they've lost it. That's where they've, that's really where, that was really their chance. Um, because if you lose game five, if you lose game four and five, and you go into game six, this is where you want that game six, if you're coming from behind to be at home. This is where I think that's, because I think that's where, that's the toughest game right there. And then, because you go to game seven and you're on the road, that's where you want to be. You want to be on the road in Game Seven to come from behind. Being on the road, being on the road for Game Seven when you're when you've tied a team at three puts unbelievable amounts of pressure on that home team. That's I agree. It's a, a really tough spot. So that's why Minnesota is really in against it because. But if I think back to the Flyers Bruins, a few things have to happen. The goalie has to fold because Tuka Rask definitely folded, right? Um, I and I could be wrong about this. Didn't Krejci get hurt? And he's always been. Yeah, that was that was the key moment in that series was yeah. getting hurt. Um, and that was in game. He's a flyer killer. That was in game four, and yeah. I remember that it, it was um, Mike Richards and Krejci colliding at center ice in the in That's the right. center. And we all looked at it like, oh man, you know, they were Flyers were already down three nothing. They were down in game four too, so it looked like they were in trouble, but. You know, we said to ourselves, "Wow, that's the that's the big thing." You know, that's the if Krejci because yeah. you have to lose if you have to lose a key player uh, somewhere along the line, and then this happened also this to uh, San Jose. I can't remember who they lost. But they lost somebody in that when the Kings came from behind. I can't remember who that was, but they did lose somebody to injury. And that's what usually has to happen. Well, let's talk about Edmonton real quick. Edmonton, San Jose, before we get out of here too, because yeah. that series actually is surprising me a lot more than I. I mean, I would not have expected Edmonton to win in this manner. Mm -hmm. like, have two shutouts against the Sharks in a row. The Sharks really, really, really need Logan. And I don't think that's not a slide on Talbot. We've been giving no, Talbot no, 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 no. It's, just, it's just not what you'd expect the Oilers right. to do. Right. And this is a chance. This is a, now what I'm seeing here is McClellan actually having an advantage because he's coached that Sharks team. I yeah. really, I've seen McClellan yeah. knows how to stop that team, and he's he's really he's really got them playing the right way. McClellan has had plenty of frustration with that team in the playoffs and knows what that how that team fails in the playoffs and what he's pointing what he's putting the Sharks through is that now in the game one I thought the Sharks you know overcame that and they, they their experience won out but you know going through um, the last two games geez you know that's and Thornton yesterday you know coming off the injury looked great in that game despite the fact he was hurt 
played really well. So they, they, they're still in this. And I still think Edmonton's got a long way to go before. It's going to be tough. You know, it's still tough to eliminate the Sharks. Well, here's a challenge. The same way I challenge Getzlaff, if Brett Burns wants to be considered one of those elite defensemen, yeah. he needs to step up. Yeah, this is his time. You're right about that. And and honestly, I mean, in the, in the three games, I, I watched more of the first two than the one last night. Burns has sort of been, I mean, not conservative, but more conservative than he, he was during the regular season, Russ. And that's the thing. I think for a team, they're not challenged offensively, but I think they need him to be the catalyst offensively. Yeah. For him, if he plays too conservative, if he doesn't take chances like he did in the regular season, yeah. they're not going to score enough goals. And against that Edmonton team, I know that right now they're trying to play shutdown yeah. and they've done it effectively, but eventually they're going to try to outscore the Sharks and they're going to need Burns to produce. This is what happened. This is what happened against Pittsburgh. Um, this is too much respect to the skilled players. Um, right. The Sharks gave too much respect to the Penguin skilled players and it took them falling down in the series to actually just go for it and play their game, and which time they did, and they won that big game in Pittsburgh mm -hmm. uh, on game five. But, you know, this is this was all about that, you know, this is the, they're doing the same thing. Burns is playing conservative because he's playing against Connor McDavid, you know, and he's playing against in, in that situation. He Burns just has to be an offensive defenseman. You know, you got to let you got to let Vlasic handle McDavid. And I think it, this will change a lot, you know, back in Edmonton because – I mean, back in San Jose because San Jose will have that will have that change that will help them a lot. But you know, at this and you know, home ice has been kind of tricky early on. It's been it definitely hasn't been it's been dead even pretty much. I think as far as I've seen that you know, no one's winning more at home than they are on the road. I mean, our two one eight battles are 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 you know three to you know three to one in favor of the eight teams right now. So and I'm gonna rip DeBoer a little bit. Why in the world would you play Yannick Hansen over a guy like Kevin LeBanc? who really yeah. gave them a lot on the power play during the year and yeah. really a lot of good minutes. Yannick Hansen has never been a playoff performer, at least yeah. that I can remember. Yeah. For us, they traded for Yannick Hansen. Who cares? Who cares? No, All that's, that's they, they do. That, that they do. I'm saying they traded They traded, They traded. traded a prospect, a good prospect. Whatever. Hansen, and if they did that, they were saying, okay, well, we're going to go with the guy who's got more experience and isn't prone to making potentially making rookie mistakes. Well, Eck knows the Sharks more than, than I do for sure. Eck, what do you think about this? No, I'm with you on this. Um, and although I do think Pete DeBoer is one of the best coaches in the league, so, yeah. I, but I, I, think, I think he is getting – out coached by a team by a coach who knows how to get under the skin of his players, um, and that that's that's what's happening to me. Like the Sharks are have never been, you know. I mean, we if Ryan Gardner on here, he would he would he would like he would like ding ding, ding his bell a hundred times when I said this next statement. The Sharks have never been tough mentally. Um, that right. that is that is where you can get to them. They are not a tough mental team. Last year, they got through, you know, through a lot of skill, through a little bit of luck on the teams that were eliminated that they didn't have to face. They didn't have to face Anaheim. They didn't have to face Chicago. Mm -hmm. Like there's certain teams that if they had had to face either of those teams, those are the mental teams that would have given them trouble. Right. Um, so what's happening right now is that they are, you know, they're, they're facing a team in, in Edmonton that, you know, shouldn't be tough mentally either, but they've gotten under their, they've gotten under their skin and McClellan knows how to do it. You know, he, he knows. Well, I'll tell you, here's the funny thing. And this is why I want to, I would put LeBanc in. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, no, I think they think they have to go with that too. Timo I think I, Meyer doesn't care. Timo yeah. Meyer had nine hits in that game. He doesn't right. care about that, that stuff. Change to make. But if you're gonna beat if you're gonna beat Edmonton, you have to physical them. You have you have to go after them. Yeah. You have to hit them. Yeah, but I mean the thing is, I mean Hanson is, Hanson is a physical player. He is, yeah, right. not, you know, I, I would not, not the same. But he, he will gr you will grant the point that they're playing him because he's got more experience, and that and, and, yeah, and yeah, they're playing him because he has more experience. But the Sharks don't need more experience; they have no. enough experience. Well. Like, that's the that's the board though. That's the board though. Ak. I mean, last year right. last year he played Nick Spalling and Roman Polak because they were the most most experienced guys. He's going to opt for experience. A different year. And one thing I want to bring up is before we go, and this is it on Zaitsev returning tonight, which is going. Wait, to I have one more one more little thing before you do the Zaitsev. Yeah. So you know we've been seeing pictures of Wayne Gretzky every game because he's a partner now in Edmonton, right? Here's the one thing he's been able to do, and no one. No one has this detailed in a story, but I'm pretty sure this is what's going on. Like, you know, Drake Kajula has played really great on the penalty kill for for the um, Oilers, and, and he was a college pickup. Spencer Fu was eating there the other night. How much you want to bet Wayne Gretzky walked in on that and said, hey, Spencer, I know you're, you're talking to a lot of different teams about playing in the NHL. You know, 
pat him on the back, give ours a chance. You know, this is where Wayne Gretzky could really. Oh, yeah, yeah. You show up and you're a kid from Canada and yeah. Wayne's talking to you about playing for that team and you're like, already see that yeah. team, the talent they have. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty much a killer, you know, knockout punch that they've got. Yeah, it's a big thing that not, that nobody's talking about. Yeah. I mean, Gretzky going, I mean, I'm sure they paid him pretty good to do this, but he's, oh, yeah. he's, you know, him doing that. It's really impressive. I mean, you know, and they're picking up free agents now that they never have been able to before. Yeah, and they're and you know they're college free agents. They're only going to get stronger. Um, Zaitsev coming back will be big tonight. I really do believe. Um, and I think that that I think that I mean when you're you know Polak's out for sure. When you bring up Polak, he's that's, done for the. It's a broken yeah, leg. He's done. I know he's done for the playoffs. Um, this is why we didn't want to trade him before, right? Because to be honest, this is what you had. You're going to have to go deep in the playoffs with different players and. Right. It's not him getting hurt; it's somebody else getting hurt. And we brought this up. We said you need guys like this. Right. So he's he's another now. You know, that Zaitsev to Polak is an enormous upgrade. So for what yeah. it's worth, you know. Now, and you can sit back and say Zaitsev, they're rushing him in. It's the playoffs. They're not rushing him in. The, the, well, no, every no, team, no, every they, team they, NHL, they, 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 they rushing players in right now. Every they, team they, NHL is doing the same thing. You can't just you can't just be above that. You know, no, no, no. I, I'm just, I'm just. I mean, and the Leafs medical staff wouldn't allow them to quote right. rush them in when he wasn't ready. But believe me, I think if they had, the, if they had their druthers, he wouldn't be playing tonight. And if Polak, I think if Polak was, was healthy, Zaitsev would still. If Polak wasn't hurt, I think Zaitsev might rest another game. That, you know, that, that's all I'm saying. I'm, now, will he make a difference if he can play top four minutes? Yes, because then it allows Babcock to put Carrick and Marinson on the bottom pairing and control who they play against third, fourth liners. But if if Zaitsev is being rushed back and he's not capable of playing top four minutes, and they're playing him on the third pairing, then you know the more minutes that Martin Marinson plays, the less chance the Leafs no, have to win. And that overload him with shots. I mean, again. You yeah. don't score in the shots you don't take. Right. I mean, Polak wasn't hurt. I know that I had that banner right over there. Yeah, uh, but if, if Polak wasn't hurt, they would just they would be rushing him back in because of Marinson. You know, like that, that's like right. that's like they need to get. I mean, the bottom line is they. You're right about Marinson. It's just killing him. And Zaitsev is going to be, you know, going to take his minutes, and he's going to and he's going to play a lot. He might not be 100, percent but he's going to be 80, percent which is going to be better than Marinson, or going to be better than a lot of players that they have. Oh. And and the one the one thing the one thing and the last thing I'll say, you know, everybody says this this will be you know this series will be educational for the Leafs going forward in terms of you know the players learning how what it is to play playoff hockey. It'll also be educational, not maybe not not that they really need it, but it will be educational to the Leafs management when they see what is going on with their defense. They will have to address it in the summer because their defense is pathetic. Well, yeah, and Babcock won't let him forget it. But here's the big factor. We know that the Leafs crowd can be one of two things, either very supportive yes. or very negative. Right. And if they go down 3 nothing in this game, will they boo, Mike? They won't boo. They'll just be silent. It'll be a morgue. Yeah. And, that, and that, to, me, to me, actually, Russ, that's worse. It's right. like – I mean, you want some reaction. You know, if you're losing 3 nothing in a playoff game in the first playoff game in four years at home – you know, you can understand the fans booing if it's just sort of like just there and they're sitting on their hands and they're, you know, the people in the Platinums are eating sushi. I mean, then, <laughs> you know, then. By the way, like that was the best thing to eat during the store cup of hockey. Yeah, but but, but, uh, but I'm just saying. Like, pressure. I think the part that I buried the lead here, this is a lot of pressure at home now against for a, for a team that has not, you know, for a crowd that has not seen a playoff team and a young team at that. Yeah, just just look at the picture of game game one of it, where I'm going to be tonight at Maple Leaf Square outside of the arena uh, covering the game. Um, game game two when they scored the overtime winner, everybody was going crazy. It looked like a mosh pit. Game one after Tom Wilson scored, 15 seconds after the goal, all that were left were beer cups and and uh, a couple stragglers. So that's what, it, in a sense, what it would be like in the ACC tonight if they if they start if they're losing. I think they get a little bit of a. I think they can. I think they can survive a, a, a rough game tonight because they have the one win already. Um, I think that if they go down, if they get two rough games in Toronto, then it'll get tricky. Um, but I think that if, if they have a rough game tonight, people will be like, oh, okay, we're supposed to be down two to one at this point. We just we just gave them back the home ice advantage. Like the home ice advantage thing is is you know that they they've now gained the home ice advantages. Is you know that's that's all they have right now. If they were to lose this game, Mike. What's the story going to be like on the radio in the morning? Because their drive time radio can be brutal. Well, I mean, 
and unfairly, I think that game one, the blame went to Freddie Anderson. I, I, I don't care if that was a goal that needed to be stopped, short stop. It was a t- it was a top corner goal that went off the pole and passed him. I mean, it's, it was a perfect shot. That, you know, it's I know you have to stop it, but I, 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 you know, he they wouldn't have gotten overtime without Freddie Anderson. If no. if there's one play like one player who's central in the loss, say Gardner or Cadre or so, right. he will get eviscerated on uh in on Toronto radio and in the in the press and you know that's that's the way Toronto is if 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 somebody stands on their head and plays great they're going to get they're going to get singled out for praise if they play terribly they're going to get singled out for lack cuz i look at it like this there is no distraction anymore in Toronto because the the blue jays are off to their worst start in in franchise history so they are a non-factor and so literally and the Leafs are always number one, but now they've got the whole stage. There's nothing to deflect or anything. Well, come on, the Raptors are in the playoffs for us. Who talks about that? But the one, yeah, but the one thing here you remember is that you know this is Babcock coaching them, and this is this. You're going to have, I mean, th- that team is going to be loose. They're going to be fine. Babcock is really good at keeping. You don't know that, Eck. It's it, it's nice to say that. You don't know until you see this, what happens. This is where the youth. I mean, all right. And the last thing, Austin Matthews has had a season for the ages he as a 19 year old he's done nothing wrong first game he was invisible second game up until the third period he was invisible and then he started to get into the swing of things he had a couple chances in overtime that i think that him loosening up and him feeling more comfortable will continue as the series goes along so it's a it's a testament to them being tied 1-1 without their best player really standing up but the thing is you've got a lot of young players that feeling even though they're two games in now they're home, and they have not played. You know, they've played not as well at home than you would expect. They lost three or four down the stretch when they needed to win at home. So the pressure will be on the Leafs a little bit tonight. Yeah, not Shanahan's so watching from the perch. Lou's watching. Boyer Salming's watching. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no pressure. I mean, there's pressure, but this is a that's no different than any other team. I mean, really, honestly, this. Oh, is, it's worse than some other teams. It is, and it is. I get it. it. Okay, name me the the pressure in Columbus. How it even gets close to what I'm it might be. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm all right. Let's let's compare it to what Calgary's going to go through, or what Montreal's going through. You know, like that's fine. um, you know, or the or even what the Rangers are going through. Like the pressure there. That that's to me is you know, and the Capitals for that matter. I mean, yeah, there's there's teams with high expectations that are going to and, – and Canadian teams, you know, I mean, we could have all the Canadian teams out in the first round, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had all of them – you know, they were all down and the, they all lost their first game, right? So, I mean, the bottom line is this is this is a tough, you know, it's a tough town, of course, but I think it's a forgiving town. And I do think it's a forgiving town in, in this one instance, you know. I think that they – they I'm not. I'm not saying they're gonna. They're, they're gonna burn. They're gonna burn Jake Gardner in effigy if they lose. I, I'm just. Find, saying, they'll find, no, they'll 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 be all over him in the summer for sure. They'll be like, we got to get a new player in there, and that's and that's. Look what they did with Phil Kessel. I mean, come on. Well, that that was that that was the that was the fault of the, of that team's management singling him out as a that's as true. a core player when he was not a core player. I'm just saying, you know, now. They, you know, they've made the playoffs. They've had, they've tasted a little bit of playoff success. If they win, if they lose this series, if they say they lose, all the, the the point is, okay, how do we get better? And the pressure will be on Shanahan and Lamorello and Babcock to make the group better. And that means trades, and that means signing free agents. That's where it's going to go. It's hard to do because of the fact they made the playoffs and played well against the Cavs. That's the one thing, though. Like they haven't really signed free agents with the new regime. They are going to have to start doing that. Yeah, and if Chris Chelios is right, that's tough. You look at you look at Marner and Matthews and Kapanen, and you look at all this, you know, and and you know, and Nylander, and you look at this whole group. It's not that hard for free agents to say, "I want to go there." You know, I mean, and Anderson's Anderson's a solid goalie. I mean, you've got all the. I mean, always look for a good goalie. You you want to. I've talked to many free agents. They so they always say coaching goalies. You know, that's what they look for. And here's the other point where I have to give the, the Leafs credit. Brian Boyle was a great pickup. I will always say it was a great pickup. Bless he won a game for them. It was You could shake your head, but he was a great pickup. He got them into the playoffs. And he won a game for them. Yeah, yeah. That pass was unbelievable. I know, I know. All right, let's do the lottery simulator real quick before we get out of here today. It's like, thanks, Mike, for going a little bit longer. We're sorry about the whole problems here. Yeah, the- sorry. Um, let's, let's get this going here. So... 
Here we go, the Draft Lottery Simulator. We'll be getting much more into this stuff very soon on the Draft Lottery aspect of things. Here yeah. we go. Um, the winner is... Winnipeg Jets. Canada, another first overall, um, which is a streak now that they would have for a couple years going. Uh, next up, we got the Arizona Coyotes, followed by the Devils. The most desirable team would be the Coyotes because in that second spot, you could either make a great deal yeah. or you, you could still get probably who you want. And that's a good spot to be in. He, he right, if, the Jets, if the Jets would have that pick and they get the, you know, they get the they get the big player that they want to get, another big time forward to play with Patrick Line. Yeah, I mean, look, Nolan Patrick and Patrick Line would be fine. I mean, that's there's no issue there. But Arizona can then they could go Heesher, they yeah. could go Middlestad, they could go, you know, Cody Glass, if they want to move up to Cody Glass, they can go Lil Like they have so many options at number two. Just to, yeah. it's a good spot to be in. I like the Nolan Patrick Line kind of idea. Yeah, Nolan Patrick Patrick Line. There's some sort of flow there. There is the Patrick, Patrick Line. Symbiotic. There you go. That feels yeah. good. All right, that's all. We got some lots of games tonight. Lots of interesting games tonight. So beyond you know just what you're going to watch with the um, with the with the Leafs game, and you've got the Predators game too. So you got the Predators and Blackhawks, Leafs, and uh, Capitals. You're going to have a lot to watch tonight. Lots of good stuff. I wish that you know these games are hard to watch all of them at the same time. I like when they stagger them a little bit more than they've been doing. And when I'm trying to watch a Met game too, so I have literally four devices with with games on all of them. It's impossible to go from baseball to playoff hockey. I mean, that's just not a impossible. That's a shift that I can't make. That's like watching, you know, Andre goes to, you know, Andre goes to dinner, you know, and and Star Wars back to back. It's impossible. Not impossible. All right. Remember that the buzz is just hockey. Talk to you then.